Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. I hope you're having a great day. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi a better place to live, work, and play. As we've been communicating with you, we're shifting the gears of this show and talking daily to the men and women on the front lines working to respond to the coronavirus situation. We'll be talking to at least two community leaders every single day who are working in the trenches and can give us a really good point of view, their perspective on what they're seeing, what they're thinking, and what they're doing. Today, we're going to have Todd Trenchard, the executive director for the Baker McCarty Foundation, and Dr. Mary Graham, who is the president of Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. We're going to have Todd in the first segment, and then we'll connect with Mary and have her in the second segment. So anyway, welcome to the Modified Coast View via Skype, Todd. It's a new venue for me. <laughs> I, know, I know that it is. You know, Todd, I've been having conversations with you offline about, you know, here we are again having to deal with uh, a, a disaster in South Mississippi. And you, you came on board at, at the Baco McCarty Foundation, literally around Katrina. And, um, and the Baco McCarty Foundation has done amazing work in the last 15 or so years since then. Um, what's your thoughts on kind of where we are and what the call for leadership is today? Well, it is uh, sort of surreal that we're revisiting this. I remember, uh, what, the 15 years ago when all this was going on, and I think you were putting together the commission over there in uh, Gulfport and over in Jackson County. Uh, I just started with Eminem Bank and the Baco McCarty Foundation, and we were sort of thrust into the forefront of the recovery. Uh, and... You know, you've learned a few things. Uh, we both did uh, through that process. So, you know, it is there are some similarities. There's a lot of differences. Today, we have communication as an as a resource and an asset. Back then, you didn't have any communication. That was sort of your big hindrance uh, was how to you know communicate with each other. So. Uh, Again, I think we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, Ricky, which is uh, get out in the forefront, uh, see where, uh, assess the situation, first of all, and then see where uh, we can make a difference. And uh, that's what we're doing over here at the Baker McCarty Foundation. My particular world uh, deals a lot with the nonprofits. So I've been communicating with a lot of them, uh, sort of assessing where they're at. A lot of them had to cancel uh fundraisers that they may have had scheduled that were going to help sustain their programs. Some have had to even shut down operation, like the Home of Grace, which of course I deal a lot with, uh, which makes a whole nother world there. Uh, but then try to see how we can stand in the gap and maybe help uh, them to uh, keep that footing going until they can get back to some normalcy. So with us, that has a lot to do with bringing them together and then uh, we'll be certainly standing in the gap by getting them some resources uh, to sort of carry them over. What, I, what I've been seeing in the conversations that I've been having on the show and then offline has been this growing awareness on the part of leaders and in, you know industry, business, you know, nonprofit community, uh, they're all beginning to really begin uh, under begin to understand and get their head around 
that uh, while this is different for sure, there's still going to be an assessment of damage. There's still going to be a lot of processes that we put in place in terms of the state and federal government and how that's going to all play out for recovery purposes. And then, of course, the, the drain and I think the pressure on nonprofit communities to continue to fill gaps, as you just pointed out. I think people are beginning to, to get their arms around it and, and to the best they can. At least they're beginning to have or had the realization that uh, it's going to take all of us, all leaders of coastal Mississippi coming together and, uh, and working overtime again to help coastal Mississippi get back on, on its path. The difference about this one is, it's, it, and I want to get your thoughts about this, one is it's so strange actually to be thinking about pitting our health against our economy. It's an odd problem. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Well, it, uh, again, over here in Jackson County, it, it's almost like I'm seeing things from around the country that I'm not seeing here. So, uh, I, you know, part of my mind says, well, maybe it's not coming here. But when you look at the maps and look at what they're uh you know, predicting uh, it may be amongst us even now. It, it's something that's just totally different from anything any of us have ever been through before. You have to take the advice of uh, the professionals and uh, do what they've asked to ask us to do. If you don't do that, then you know we're really defeating the purpose uh, uh, of anybody doing it. So it's uh, uh, again, it, it's just a surreal world that we're in right here. It's almost something out of a movie. It, it, well, it, it, it is. It is a. It, it would. It would be uh, a really good movie on pandemics if it weren't so darn real. Um, you know, you, you're from New Orleans, so you've been watching what's happening in New Orleans. Uh, the the, uh, the the team at uh, the Times Picayune and the Advocate and NOLA.com have done an, an unbelievable job of covering this disaster. Um, I think their work has actually helped put it on the national stage. And they're and what they're what they're doing is telling a story that is the harbinger for what we may expect to see here, mm-hmm. uh, we, because as you know, you're never you know you can look at the stats today, but whatever you're looking at today is two weeks behind what is actually taking place. Correct. And when you think about what's happening, is you have a number of New Orleanians that are actually coming over into uh, coastal Mississippi. You saw the Sun Herald had a story about the pressure on all of the services uh, as a result of this kind of growing population of New Orleanians. But here's the reality. If if it were happening here and you had the opportunity to go to New Orleans to get a reprieve from it, you would do it. So we're, what it's pointing to is the fact, and you know this as good as anybody, what it's pointing to is the fact that we all live in this region together. Right. Um, I-10 connects us. I mean, New Orleans is super close. That's why... That's why uh, you know we make claims to things like the Saints and other things. When I mean, we we people here love love New Orleans and people in New Orleans love the coast love coastal Mississippi. And of course, if, if that weren't enough, Katrina bound us together forever. But the reality is going to be that we're going to face um, we're going to face some some difficult times ahead. And I do think that New Orleans is the harbinger. What thoughts do you have on that? Well, I've even had some friends that have come over and uh, come to my office, and I've talked to them. <laughs> I read that article. I was like, yeah. Well, um, "Oh yeah." They had said the same thing. They've got some summer homes over here, and they came over uh, just to get away for a little bit. And uh, I think there's part of our mind saying that this is going to end like next Friday, 
and Saturday everything's going to be fine. It's not. Uh, everything is changing, and the world that we come out of uh, is going to look a lot different than what we look like even two months ago. Uh, you know that as well as anybody. Uh, I know when this whole thing started, going back to the thing of leadership, I, you were one of the first people I thought of. I said, let me get with Ricky and see what he has to say about this. And we're able to see it from a different viewpoint for most people because we did go through Katrina 15 years ago because we have uh, experienced an adversity that maybe a lot of people uh, in their professions uh, haven't been able to. So I can't think of anybody that has more of a holistic picture of what's going on than yourself having been over at the media at Times Picayune, having been over here at the Herald and helped put us on the map here. I think it's just fascinating that uh, uh, you were able to retire a couple of years ago, and here you are back in the forefront and going to play a major role, obviously, in, in, in where we go going forward. Well, I don't know about a major role, but what I can, what I can say is this, that, uh, you know, I, I've, I have unfortunately gotten a perspective on all of this, and I understand what it takes to, to help a region um, stay strong. And if you can go back to the Coast View sessions I had before this situation occurred, there was just a lot of conversation about the importance of leadership and why it's important for us to come together on our common issues. And if, if you know, this is a common issue that faces not just the coast and the state, but the United States and and the world. We're all in we're all in this thing together in ways that um, that we uh, you know it probably well have never been together in it before. Um, as, as someone said recently, not since 9-11 have they seen the world come together. Well, we're certainly, we're certainly facing that today. So, you know, I, I think we've got, we've got our work cut out for us going forward. Um, but what I'm hearing is that there are a lot of leaders that are focused on putting the kind of processes in place, already defining roadmaps to determine how do we make sure we meet the needs and get business back up and running. The, the odd thing about this, though, Todd, is that we're not going to get a flag one day that's going to give us an all-clear sign. It's, there's going to it's going to be this lingering thing that we've got to understand how to get our arms around it. At least with a hurricane, it comes and it leaves. This thing came and it's not going to leave anytime soon. And we just have to figure out what does that look like and at what point can we begin to safely, and to some extent, extent safely do business again Todd so let's do this um, we're coming in on coming in on the end of this segment when we come back I want to get into some of the specifics I mean you mentioned the homes of grace but uh, you know that's a great case study for what's happening at many nonprofits that are serving people today you know having to send people in the middle of their recovery effort home and they put some unique things in place to try to stay in touch with those people I want to talk about that and then we'll talk about some of the other things that the Baker McCarty Foundation is doing to, again, try to get their arms around it and establish a roadmap for where we go from here. So this is Todd Trenchard from the Baker McCarty Foundation. We'll be back after this break. You can also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
Welcome back to Coast View. We have Todd Trenchard here, who is the executive director for the Baco McCarty Foundation. And uh, for those watching on Facebook, there's my lonely chair back at the studio. Um, I'm actually working from my house. We've kind of established a remote operating op you know, situation, and it's going to be like this for for the next few weeks for sure. We'll have Dr. Mary Graham, the president of Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, in the, in the next two segments. But Todd and I were sort of talking about things globally as it relates to uh, the situation that we face. And, and now I want to get into some of the details. Uh, for, for those of you who didn't see it, I had a really inspiring session with Todd. Uh, it was a Coast View session. Uh, back a few weeks ago, and if you haven't seen that, go go to our Facebook page, the Super Talk Gusto's web uh, uh, Facebook page, and you can see it. But uh, he's the executive director of the Baco McCarty Foundation. He's been heavily involved in the um, in in the Homes of Grace for for many many years, and uh, and he has a story to tell about how they specifically have had to deal with this situation. And so, Todd, why don't you tell us about that? Well, we were actually uh, on that week uh, that all this started uh, coming home, we were having homecoming where we bring everybody from around the country in and uh, we'll have a thousand plus people come in, celebrate uh, their experiences at the Home of Grace with family. Uh, we decided, I think it was on a Thursday, to postpone that event. and. Uh, in rapid succession, we uh, I think Josh uh, and his board of directors must have seen that uh, this was going to go a little further than just canceling an event for the weekend, and they made the decision uh, to go ahead and close down the program, uh, both the men and women's facility, uh, and find play you know send home the people that were in the program. Uh, I had some mixed feelings when I first heard it, you know, being in recovery myself, uh, you know, my mind immediately started thinking, well, how are we going to do this, this and this? Uh, and there have been some, I guess, some challenges, some uh, people been asking some questions and I get a lot of calls about that. But uh, I think they're starting to get a handle on how they're going to uh, deal with the situation that's in hand now. All the counselors have stayed on staff and they've started communicating with uh, the clients that were in the program uh, as much as they can uh, and trying to do sort of a, Josh was telling me this morning, an outpatient type uh, approach uh, to the people as they're back in their uh, homes. Uh, it does present some challenges, like you said, what about the person that doesn't have a home to come from? Uh, I'm not sure my mother would have bought even uh, that just would have been something that she'd have let me come home from. Uh, but that's, uh, you know, again, uh, it, it does present some challenges, but we've never seen anything like this before. If you left everybody together on the campus, if somebody were to get sick, then everybody's susceptible to getting sick. So uh, in some ways, uh, if it was going to close down, I think, it, you know, to have it closed down early was a, a good decision, but there are some challenges uh, that it does present. So, uh, you know, <clears throat> I'm glad that he's reaching out to the people who were in the program and you know, finding ways to stay in touch with them because, as you know, you know they were at different stages of their recovery period. And right. you know better than most that to disrupt that is just going to be devastating probably to the people who are involved in that program. So I'm hoping that, that this, this, you know, this taking a step to communicate with the people who are in the program makes a difference and at least keeps them in touch with them 
so that when they're able to open back up again, they can get moving and, um, and help save some lives. Um, and you know that you know that better than anybody. Well, so I also other, think that it's going to be very difficult when we reopen the Home of Grace because the way a treatment center like Home of Grace, it's long term, a three month program. The way it works are the people in the final phase of the program are mentor the ones in the beginning of the program. They take a lot of the load off of staff when staff isn't there to uh, be the example of uh, for those people. And if everybody comes back just starting off treatment, uh, it makes it a lot more difficult to get any traction, and I'm not even sure that there is a model for that. Uh, I mean, it, that's going to be a real challenge and where we'll probably look at using a lot of our alumni, uh, and a lot of alumni involvement, I think, would be the way uh, for us to volunteer and maybe step up, because this is going to be a real challenge uh, to get that program up and running uh, like it was before, because uh, it is a very... Very competent program uh, and very effective program, but it's going to take uh, quite a bit of work. So, what other what other nonprofit challenges are you hearing in Jackson County? Well, this time of year is generally the time of year that all the nonprofits raise money. This is when they put on their golf tournaments. This is when they have their clay shoots. This is when they have, and almost all of them have had to cancel that. This is how they fund their operations. This is how they pay for payroll. Uh, and so the challenges are, uh, I mean, from a financial sense, uh, quite enormous. But at the same time, it, it's also uh, you're starting to see uh, some of the nonprofits. I, you'd like to say that we're, we're there to try to help them uh, keep a positive attitude that they're not alone. Uh, so what we've done at Baker McCarty, what I did uh, starting this week was first reach out to the nonprofits that we work with, tell them that we're going to be with them throughout this process. Uh, in fact, we're going to <coughs> look at ways to better communicate with them, better get out what uh, they do through our resources, but also from a financial means, uh, we have a responsibility at the foundation to maybe step it up a notch and uh, you know maybe help with some of those funding issues that can get them uh, back to where they can stand on their own feet. Some of them are uh, definitely struggling. Uh, but it's it's brought some real innovation. Boogie Nights, which everybody knows at Lynn Meadows, is a yearly thing. They've taken their auction to an online auction, and I'm in the process right now of bidding on a Joe Burrow football <laughs> online yeah. with somebody, and we're going back and forth with that. So uh, it does breed some, you know, sort of innovation where you think of new ways to do things. Mary, who's coming on, Dr. Graham, who's coming on in the next segment, we have our scholarship dinner. Our scholarship dinner is scheduled in about a month, and uh, I'm sure it'll have to, it might have to be moved, or maybe it'll stay the same. Uh, there's a lot of challenges. We had to move the Jolly McCarty Memorial, which is our big fundraiser, and that's how we do help a lot of the nonprofits. So I don't feel very comfortable right now going out and asking a lot of businesses for, a, you know, a golf hole sponsor or things like that. But uh, our sponsors and our supporters have been very, very good. I, I've actually received as many, uh, I guess, uh, golf teams and thousand dollar checks from people since this all started that I did before. So mm -hmm. I, I don't, 
I think in the long run, I think uh, that's where building relations have helped us. Uh, I don't think we're going to miss a beat, and uh, we've got some great community partners. What I'm hoping is that the federal legislation, I don't know the answer to this yet, but we'll get the answer, is to what extent does it help nonprofits? And I can think right. indirectly it certainly will because they're employers, and there's a revenue stream that won't be there. And so it, certainly there's a piece there. But you know, when you think about future earnings potential of, of uh, events that are, were canceled and how and what the reverberation of that is going to be into the community because certain things are not going to get funded. Um, it, you know, we need to really look into the federal legislation to see how this is going to work. So if there is a hole there, um, you know, as a community, we need to be focused on that pretty rapidly because, you know, coming out of this mess, there's going to be a lot of gaps to fill in so many different ways. Um, right. A lot of people are just going to need, going to need help. I mean, some people may have to think about doing different kind of jobs. You and I were talking about this all offline, and that's one of the reasons why the, the conversation with Mary Graham is so important, because she brings to the table some of the most innovative job training programs in the country and the opportunity to get people you know, headed down a different career path, that they need to do that as rapidly as possible. So there's a lot to think about. it, And, uh, and as you pointed out, communication is so important, just communicating. What more can you say about that? Well, you know, I, I was in the military, and uh, that was one of the things that they taught you right off the bat, the importance of communication. Without communication, you're, you're sort of out there by yourself. Uh, and that's what made Katrina so challenging, was that those early days. Uh, now, with all the uh, relationships we built uh, with communication like this venue here and uh, other relations that we have, we're able to get out things and bring people together. I think you're going to, uh, you're going to see uh, a lot Katrina was amazing. I think this is going to really show uh, how close this community is. It, it is going to bring us together, and uh, I'm very optimistic about the future. I think that if we do this right, we're going to have a better coast, uh, you know, hopefully a year from now than uh, we do uh, today. Uh, but I don't think this is going to be like a hurricane where it just ends one day. I think it's just going to reverberate throughout uh, this entire community and region and country and world, you know, for the yeah. next year. But, uh, well, we'll let me do this. We're coming to the end of our time together, but we'll be back to you in a week or two, Todd, just to catch up. Uh, you're in a perfect position to sort of understand what some of the stresses are, not just in the community, but certainly within the nonprofit community. And uh, keep a laundry list of things that you want to communicate, and we'll see you in a week or two. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Ricky. Appreciate it. Okay, bye-bye. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.